Chapter 77 The Dry Chaco, Paraguay Search for the Chilean Flamingo For the first time we left on time, which really took us by surprise. We knew Letty pretty well by now, but the other person on the trip was called Ugo, who we met for the first time. He was tall, thin, and bald as a coot, with thick black eyebrows and a serious expression on his face. He hardly said a word to us on the four-hour drive to the Dry Chaco in the northwest of the country. Letty was quieter than on the last trip, too, which I guess was mainly because she didn't have another girl to gossip to in Spanish. We arrived at the Mennonite colony of Loma Plata at noon, where Hugo and Letty popped into a local NGO to pick up some keys for a private property we were going to visit. We waited in the car. We spent the afternoon driving around lakes in the area and doing a waterbird survey. At the first lake, Hugo and I got out of the car, and he started explaining in good English how we would go about it. He took me by surprise, as I didn't even know he spoke a word. Letty had said he was a good birder, and it was no lie. He knew the calls and names of the birds really well, and even the English names, which was good for me. It was easy to get a good list of birds with the mixture of dry Chaco forest and lakes, and by the end of the day I'd seen about 90 species. I saw quite a few lifers, including one bird I'd been looking for since Central America, the Jabiru stork, the largest stork in the Americas about five feet tall, with a huge black bill and bright red bare neck at the base of its ugly bare black head. We visited quite a few lakes before we finished the day, at a place called Laguna Capitan, where we took a walk before dark and got eaten alive by mosquitoes. There were some good birds, but also a lot of large mammal prints, like those of puma, peccary, and giant anteater. I learnt a lot of new tracks from Ugo, who was really knowledgeable seemingly about everything. Laguna Capitan had quite good camping facilities, and even had beds, but the woman never showed up, so we had to camp on some hard concrete. The buildings were surrounded by nice dry Chaco forest, and had some really interesting species like crested hornero, a lark-like brush runner with its funny long crest. Letty had said she would bring the cooking utensils, but forgot all the pans and a can opener, so most of the food we bought couldn't be eaten. Ugo was an absolute master on the barbecue, and cooked a huge roast which we tucked into. He also started speaking some Japanese and told us he'd spent six months in Fukuoka as part of a training program. He even got himself a Japanese girlfriend called Hiromi, all of which was news to Letty, who works with him. The tent that we'd been given was one of those that pops up automatically, which was quite amusing for about five seconds. Letty had also said she would bring some bedding for us, but only brought one blanket, so we had a very cold and uncomfortable night. I think to say that we got an hour's sleep would be exaggerating slightly. It was so cold and uncomfortable, and I just hoped that the light of day would come soon so I could get up and move around. When it got light, I went for a walk with Ugo, who was dressed head to toe in camouflage gear, a real professional. We went to a lake nearby to count waterbirds. I realized I wasn't going to see any new birds there, so I birded the dry forest instead and saw lots of little brown birds that I liked so much, including a striped-backed antbird. We were all packed up by 9am, and when Letty emerged she was dressed like a cowgirl, with a big hat, neck scarf and long leather chaps covering her trousers. She said they were to protect her from venomous snakes which are common here. I told her that she could walk in front. We spent the whole day checking lagoons again, which got pretty repetitive after a while. Flamingos are nice, but after your thousandth one, you just want to see something different. So I tried to spend as much time as possible birding the scrub. After having seen 90 species just in an afternoon the day before, I felt confident of having a 100 species day. 
Hugo had said last night that it would be cold today, as the wind was coming from the south. That guy seems to know everything. He'd even written a book, The Checklist of the Birds of Paraguay, which is a cracking read. He's 45 now, but wasn't even interested in birds until 30. Shit, I've been birdwatching longer than him. He told us that it was barbecue every night, which we at first thought was a joke, but it turned out to be true. He'd been right about the temperature as well, and it was really cold now. We arrived at a place called Campo Maria, where there were no facilities. It felt great to be in the middle of nowhere, camping. When we arrived, there was a huge great horned owl in a tree right next to us, which we got great looks at. We gathered firewood, making sure to kick the logs before touching them, just in case there were any venomous snakes under them. We also had another great barbecue, and threw our folded tent on the ground and watched it pop open. The ground was a little softer than last night, but still pretty hard. It was a really cold night, and I probably only managed to get the couple of hours sleep that I did, as I was so tired from the night before. My girlfriend started in Letty's tent, but moved to mine in the middle of the night as she was so cold. But we both finally got up at 4am and threw some more logs on the embers of the fire to start it up again and try and get warm. It was a relief when the day came, and I could start moving around and birding. I managed to see a few species, like the beautiful white-fronted woodpecker, and also a big group of chaco chachalacas, which flapped noisily from the waterhole that I'd been drinking at. Despite the cold, I'd really enjoyed staying here. It had been a real wilderness experience. No shower for a couple of days, and none for a couple more. Thank God it's cold. Apparently it gets above 45 degrees Celsius in summer. I think I'd smell so bad they'd leave me behind. We visited a couple of lakes during the day, one of which was a designated Ramsar site, which means it's a wetland of international importance. There were usually hundreds of flamingos here, but because of the lack of rain, it was dry and there were no birds to be seen. The next day was warmer than yesterday, and the blue skies and cool breeze felt really nice. On the overgrown road to one of the lakes we visited, we saw two species of fox and a grey brocket deer, too. In the later afternoon, we arrived at a private estancia from where we started driving along a track so overgrown we could barely see which way it went. Part of it was completely flooded, and when Letty got out to open a fence, she fell on her knees in the mud. The trail deteriorated further, if that was possible, and it looked like no one had been here in years. You could tell the place was crawling with wildlife, though. We saw more foxes, armadillos, and on the final stretch on grassland, a huge two-meter-long giant anteater. We finally made it to Laguna de los Gansos, the Lake of the Geese. When Letty and Hugo saw that there was water here, and it was full of flamingos, they let out a scream of joy. They estimated over a thousand here, which together with all the flamingos we'd seen up until now, was the best count ever. We had a flat, though, after driving over a bush with huge spines on it. We went over to the huge lake with a scope to get a better count of the flamingos and see what else was there. We set up camp and started collecting firewood for our last barbecue, while Letty told us about the last time that she was here she'd seen fresh jaguar tracks. The next day was the end of our trip to the Chaco and we were heading back to Asuncion. As usual we were leaving around 9am, so I had a couple of hours birding in the morning. I took a little walk but didn't see too much. Letty seemed to be a little bit on edge and liable to strop unless I helped out packing the car. At first I hung around a bit just in case, but she started faffing around with other things, so I took a walk, and sure enough, when I got back, she was in a mood. When we finally left, Ugo took it a little bit more carefully on the way back. I didn't think we had another spare, so if we got another flat, we would have been in trouble. Letty let me get the gate in the flooded area this time, but I managed not to fall on my ass like she did. 
When we got back to the Estancia, it appeared that we did have another flat tyre, but also another spare. I was a little sad driving back, and coming into the bustling streets of Asuncion. My birding here was at an end. My girlfriend looked happy to be back in civilization, as did Letty. We'd got to know Letty and Ugo pretty well over the last few days, and they already seemed like friends. We stayed another night in Asuncion before taking a long bus back to Buenos Aires in Argentina. A month in Paraguay was over.